Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to a fun and different episode of the Steelers Fix. We haven't done this in a while, where we're going to talk some fantasy football. This is a fantasy football, completely dedicated podcast today. Uh, So joining me as always, Andrew Wilbar. Andrew, you ready for some fantasy football talk on this Steelers bye week? Let's do it. All righty. So... Andrew, it's been a busy weekend for both of us. We're going to try to get through this one with uh, as with as much fun as possible. There's uh, a lot to get to from a fantasy football perspective. Uh, most uh, leagues are a little beyond halfway. You know how your season's going at this point. And um, it, trade, trade deadlines might be coming up for some fantasy leagues as well. So if you have a trade deadline, you know, it might be time to start Uh, checking out who's willing to move who in this um, in this latter portion of the regular season for fantasy football. And uh, for the stretch run, we're going to talk about fixing your fantasy squads for the stretch run. Uh, We're going to talk what we learned in the first half and then our top five by position quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends for the second half of the season. There's been some surprises, but before we get into into the fantasy football stuff, just some housekeeping stuff. Um, be sure to check out everything uh, that BTSC behind the steel curtain.com puts out, uh, all of our podcasts, um, all the online content. Andrew, I know you've been busy keeping track of uh, some of the collegiate 
uh, prospects for the upcoming draft and um, that George or this weekend uh, of games, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, Alabama, LSU uh, in the SEC, just those. And then um, Clemson getting taken down by Notre Dame in, in a blowout fashion. Uh, there were a lot of players to talk about. Did anything stand out to you from the weekend? Just real quick. Stands out that there is a very good chance that two Big Ten teams now get into the college football playoff with, I, I think, Alabama yes. and LSU, barring something drastic. I don't think either of them make it to the playoff at this point. Both of them have two losses. Yep. I don't think – I think LSU's poor start to the season, really poor start to the season, was just too much to overcome. I don't think they're going to be able to come back up. Um, and then – I mean, you look at just how it works. We thought Clemson was not legitimate, and they kind of yep. proved that with their loss to Notre Dame. I mean, could this open a door for the Big 12 or the Pac-12? I suppose possible, but it's a, it seems like a long shot. I I think a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State team, if they're both undefeated going into that game, gets in even if they don't get to the mm. even if they don't get to their conference championship game, just yeah. because the quality and the body of work overall is just better. Even in a year where the big 10, the depth is not as good, the quality of wins or in terms of maybe the, uh, in blowout fashion against the yeah. teams, they should be blowing out just doing what they're supposed to do from week to week. I think that opens the door for two big 10 teams to get in. Well, currently situated as such. And, uh, the fourth team right now is TCU. <coughs> Excuse me. So a chance for maybe, a team we haven't seen in the playoff yet to get in, although their strength of record right now is something to keep an eye on. But uh, as we take a look at, um, you know, some of the different things that happened this last week, since we recorded last, and it was the day that our show came out last week, um, in that, that afternoon, the Steelers made a round of moves that we haven't talked about yet, Andrew. Um, but in that Tuesday episode, we did call for some bi-week maneuvers for the Steelers to make. You said that the Steelers should consider trading away Deontay Johnson. The Steelers did trade away a wide receiver. It wasn't DJ. It was Chase Claypool, as some of the rumors had been circulating. And I said that the Steelers should go in and trade for cornerback Sidney Jones from the Seattle Seahawks. The Steelers did trade for a cornerback, but they went William Jackson the third, a guy that they had as a target back in 2016. So right positions, wrong players, Andrew, but what did you think of these transactions uh, now that we've had a, about a week to digest them? I'm going to miss Chase. I I mean, he, it was nice having that physical specimen on the outside who was just so athletically gifted. But at the same time, I think a second-round pick is a, is quality compensation to get in return. And when you look at the direction the team is headed right now, it, yep. they're in the midst of a rebuild. And racking up draft capital is huge for them. It's not necessarily the player I wanted to see go, but at the end of the day, I think it's it's fine that he did go considering the fact the Steelers get an extra second-round pick. And it could be a relatively high second-round pick as well. You think yep. of, you know, maybe the Steelers could get a corner like Clark Phillips the third if he falls out of the first round, a guy who could be a tremendous slot corner in the NFL, yep. a spot the Steelers need. You look at position, even at wide receiver. I mean, the Steelers love drafting wide receivers in the second round. It's another good receiver class. We'll break down 
guys once we get to the spring. Right. But there's a lot of positions the Steelers need to address, and they can't do it when they already trade away a couple late-round picks. They need mm-hmm. to add more depth and being able to get another day-two pick. I think it, I think it was big. Um, it, it's just, you know, you never like to see a player like that with as much upside as Claypool brings. You don't like right. to see him go, but I think this could be good for him as well. Uh, being able to, in all honesty, be the number one receiver in that offense we know darnell mooney is not that guy they needed someone to compliment him and i think uh chase could be that compliment yeah mooney definitely fill, fills more of a wide receiver two role uh, yep. a field stretcher and i think he can do that well um we saw some chase claypool action this last weekend um but you know he still has to get into the flow of that offense justin fields though is playing out of his mind right now maybe not quite as a passer but as a runner he's setting up the offense really well I think he's throwing the ball well, too. I think Chase Claypool could be a great add for them. <coughs> Excuse me. But obviously, we want to see, as Steelers fans, we want to see the Bears lose some of these games. So a loss to Miami, uh, making that a little bit higher pick, hopefully, by the end of the year. And uh, the Steelers, the direction it's heading, uh, could have three very high picks in this upcoming draft, which – could really enhance and, and and jumpstart the rebuild process a little bit. Bringing in William Jackson the third, I thought was for the price they paid, which was basically nothing. I wrote uh, for the website when we were reacting to the trades that um, is basically going on eBay and bidding a dollar for a toaster, and then um, nobody else bids. You know, <laughs> so you get the toaster if it works, great. You get it for a dollar if it doesn't, you spend a dollar. That's all it is. So. Uh, I think it's a good move for the Steelers. And, uh, I mean, it can't get worse at cornerback than what we've seen the last couple weeks. So maybe William Jackson can have a Joe Hayden-like revival to his career in Pittsburgh. It's definitely possible. And um, I like the signing. I don't, how, how do you feel about it? I think it makes a lot of sense. I know the Steelers aren't in a buying mode. Yeah. But, like you said, it was practically nothing. And if he does well to finish out the season, you bring him back. He is 30 years old. Uh, But the fact that he has experience in Terrell Austin's defense, and I know that wasn't the best time of Jackson's career when he was in Austin's defense, but he does understand it. And that's huge when you're coming in midseason, when you're being traded and you don't have a whole lot of time to grasp the playbook. Uh, being in the bye week, that actually was a benefit probably for Jackson, but yeah. he's coming onto the team and he could, he's legitimately the number one corner on this team already. Uh, not just because of namesake, but just because right. of the fact the Steelers, the corners pack play has been so poor at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it is worth noting that he did not practice on Monday, um, uh, with the back injury that he's been struggling with. So hopefully that is just a precautionary thing. He seemed to in his press conference, think that he was on his way to being close to 100%. And if that's the case, we should see the newest member of the Steelers' defense, William Jackson III, along with, hopefully, DeMonte KZ coming off of IR as well for this game against the New Orleans Saints, who happen to have played against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. So that is what is coming up for the Steelers. That is what's happened. If you want to hear more reactions from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, about these two transactions from this last week. Definitely check out all of our content, whether audio or on the website. BTSC is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, it's time for the Fantasy Palooza. The Fantasy Frenzy 
if you will. And before we go into our outlooks for the remainder of the season, Andrew, uh, just some first half reactions. Let's start off with this. How are your fantasy teams doing? How are you doing? Well, I haven't even had a chance to look at all of them this week because of the busy weekend. But um, I know in one league, I am still ahead, surprisingly. I had a lot of guys on by. I had Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, and Najee Harris all out this week. Um, And I also had a couple other injuries. So I picked up McCole Hardman, put him in in my flex. That was a good move. And then Patrick Mahomes gained 36. Uh, Ray was big. Um, so I last I checked, I checked about an hour ago. I am up by, I was up by like 17 points, but he's got four players playing in Monday Night Football. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's probably unlikely I hold on, uh, but I'll be five and four if I do lose, win. And then the other league got pretty much the same story. Gotcha. Yeah, I've got 10 leagues. Uh, I've mentioned that on the show before. Uh, and this week, probably one of my better weeks overall, I am going to go nine and one in my leagues wow. this week. Uh, and I have a, I have the opportunity to go 10 and 0 if I can beat my wife who has a couple players playing tonight. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I've got Lamar Jackson and she has Chris Olave who uh, so we're recording this Monday night, so I'm in the throes of of whether I'm going to win or not. Have the is chance that, to go to is that right up there with like us in Michigan and Ohio State? You know, like you can win right all the other games, but if you don't win that one, yeah. you know the rest don't matter. Yeah, and uh, you know, with her being a Browns fan, you know, I already get enough uh, gloating from from her anyway. So I don't need her beating me in fantasy football as well when I should be. F- you know, way better at this game, you know, just because I spent so much time talking about it and it talking about it and doing it than she does. But anyway, fantasy is what it is. Sometimes you guys don't show up. My guys didn't really show up in that league. Uh, so moving on from our personal fantasy lives, um, which I'm sure uh, the listeners do not need to hear too much more about. By the way, let, let's put this plug out here. Uh, we've been doing the behind the steel curtain leagues there's two of them right now we've got a standard draft or a standard scoring and a ppr scoring league and those are a lot of fun guys are staying engaged i believe and in my league for sure um how's yours going Uh, you got a clear guy on top yet in that in that league it is going well i'm actually going to look up right now while i'm thinking about it um i'm going to go check and see um what the standings are at my team i thought looked really good on paper um but that included cam Akers who uh, has been a big disappointment, and uh, I'm not doing well this year. Uh, <laughs> it, it, um, it looked like I thought I, I thought I had it in the bag. Um, I really did. Um, let's see here. So in first place, as of right now, it is Brian Anthony Davis at seven oh, wow. and one going and I'm not sure what the score is in this matchup right now. This is heading into this week. Um, then we have zero to seven. I'm trying to remember who the manager of this. I believe that is Kyle. I want to say it's Kyle Christ. Um, I believe it is Kyle Christ who's in second place. Okay. Um, and then we have stairway to seven. Uh, five and three is a member behind the steel curtain. Um, I'm in ninth place. I'm two and five. Ooh. Although I am winning as of right now in this matchup. So I have Jalen Hurts, 
um jk dobbins ooh, ooh. <laughs> <Tim> acres <laughs> oh no joel mixon gabriel okay. davis amon ross st brown cd lamb saquon barkley jahan dotson Cortland sutton and dalton schultz so on paper at the beginning of the year it looked like my team was stacked yeah it did um it's just been a it's just been a lot of unfortunate things that have come up sure hey it happens man and uh I might be one of the few this week, but I'm actually winning in a league where I played Joe Mixon <laughs> or where I played against the, a guy who had Joe Mixon. He, uh, It's a standard scoring league, and between Mixon got 50 points for him in that league, and between all of his other players, he got 36 more. So he only had 86 total points, and I'm going to win with like 96. So, hey, feels good to, to catch a break there as well. All right. So in, in, uh, in the – uh, PPR league. Um, I am in second place behind Steagles, who was with uh, us last year in the single league, and uh, we're the only two teams that have better than a 500 record, seven and one and six and two, uh, going into this week. So we'll see how it plays out after that. But uh, my team looks pretty good there as well. Let us know how your fantasy teams are, listeners. Um, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can. Uh, and let us know how your fantasy teams are doing. We're going to answer a question, a fantasy football question, from one of our listeners a little bit later in the show. Let's get into our first half reactions, though. We'll make it quick before we go to break. I just want to give some stats, Andrew, but before I do, did you have any initial reactions or just overall thoughts about the first half of the fantasy football season? Anything jump out to you or, uh, you know, maybe surprise you in in a negative way as well for this season or pretty status quo? I think just the fact that there's been so many injuries again, which that used to always be the case every year, but we have had the past couple of years where be as many injuries. But I think that has a fact of the scoring overall. It seems like it's just a lower scoring year, at least in some of the leagues I've been in, in the standard scoring leagues. It just seems a little bit lower. Everyone's having good weeks on different weeks. You don't know right. who to start, who to sit. It's just been a very difficult year for league managers who thought they drafted well and, you know, had a good strategy that would typically win in most years. But this year it's just been totally different. It's just, you know, a yeah. Free-for-all. yeah, absolutely. If you missed on your first round pick, Jonathan Taylor or uh, Najee Harris, you know, guys like that, it was hard to recover if you didn't get a guy in the second round, like Saquon Barkley or, um, let me think here. Uh, even one of the rookies like Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, you know, somebody that you would pick a little bit higher up, paying off dividends. If you got a Kenneth Walker or a Travis Etienne in the second or third round, so hopefully, if you missed on the Jonathan Taylor pick or if you missed on Najee Harris uh, so far this year, you hit somewhere else down the line. I was fortunate enough to do that in a couple leagues, staying relevant despite missing pretty badly on my first. Uh, overall pick in in a couple leagues the Colts Uh, need to draft a quarterback the Colts need a lot of things (laughs) I really the the main thing though is quarterback I mean with that offensive line I know it's not quite as good as it was a couple years ago but they still have a lot of pieces up front with Jonathan Taylor they just need someone then they have weapons on the outside too with Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman it is just I mean Matt Ryan is a shell of what he used to be uh, that they need to go after a quarterback in the first round. I think they can be relevant pretty quick. Well, Matt Ryan hasn't even played the last two weeks. They went to right, Sam, Sam Ellinger. Ellinger, and he's not the future either. He might be right, a exactly. guy who comes in for a second half, you know, to hold the fort while uh, said quarterback goes down for a little bit. But, yeah, 
that quarterback should be right at the top of their list. Uh, and I don't know if you heard the news from from Monday either, but they fired Frank Reich and hired Jeff Saturday from ESPN's booth to be their interim head coach over Gus Bradley and a couple other guys on the roster who had or on the coaching staff who have been head coaches before. So very odd. I like that. Just for it's, something it's different. so interesting. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But this this. Uh, you know, it's just it's just been a crazy year, and I want to give some statistics to kind of back that up for fantasy football here. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to word this to make it make sense. So, Andrew, tell me if this makes sense to you. Um, the top 20 quarterbacks, all right, in fantasy football this year are scoring more points, have scored more points so far than all but 13 running backs, 12 wide receivers, and only two tight ends. The tight end position is trash this year. Uh, so what I mean to say by that is Jimmy Garoppolo is the uh, 20th ranked quarterback in fantasy football right now through nine weeks. Through And he hasn't even played all the weeks. Yes. Um, and only two tight ends have scored more points than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Only two tight ends. Only 13 running backs have scored more points than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. 12 wide receivers. Those numbers aren't quite as bad, but the two tight ends, man, that is rough stuff. Travis Kelsey and uh, Mark Andrews are the only two tight ends that have scored more fantasy points than the 20th ranked quarterback. There's more. There are six defensive units, defense special teams units, three kickers, 40 wide receivers and 30 running backs that have more fantasy points than the sixth ranked tight end. Your top five tight ends are, are the only ones scoring higher than the 40th and 30th ranked wide receiver and running back respectively. And one of those isn't one of those tight ends, Taysom Hill, who had like half his points in one week. Taysom Hill is number six. He is okay. he is the one on the on the cut limit there, um, and yeah, he had like you said, have his points in one week, and uh, so the tight end position. How how does this get fixed, Andrew? I just mean, I mean, it, you just unless you get Travis Kelsey, really, or you know, one of the other one or two that just happened to have a good year that year. What do you do at tight end? <laughs> I mean, the value of tight end is just so far down. If you're spending high priority draft capital on it in this league that we're that we're looking in or that we're working in right now it's just not worth it <laughs> well i think it's getting killed by this fact that you have so many teams switching to the spread offense yeah and gaining it out to more slot receivers spreading the ball out but at the end of the day if you look at the teams that are still utilizing the tight end and making them a focal part of their team they're doing pretty good yeah and, you know, I know the Bills have had some injuries at their tight end position, but they were using the tight end before those injuries arose. Um, Kansas City, obviously, with Travis Kelsey. Yep. I, the teams that use their tight ends, Baltimore with Mark Andrews, those teams, they're, they it, on paper, they don't look like they have the best offenses. But when they utilize their tight ends, they find ways to make things happen. And they're teams that are usually efficient in the red zone. So I think it comes down to the fact that coordinators need to find ways to get their tight ends more involved. Uh, it's just the fact of the modern game. It's just it's killed the tight end position just in general. But sure. I, I, other than that, from fancy perspective, 
I think there is a case for using one of those first couple picks on a tight end just because that gives you an advantage on the rest of the league. Yeah, if you don't, oh, like I said, you got to get that Travis Kelsey, you got to get that Mark Andrews at the top. Otherwise, it's just, man, sit on it and see what you can find at the back end because otherwise uh, you're going to you're gonna need that uh, wide receiver three uh, more than you're going to need that tight end in your in fantasy a, in football. A stand, in, in a standard league, you, you have nine spots you have to fill. Yeah. Everyone has to fill those same spots. Right. If you have an advantage there, that's so much. And if your tight end is scoring what one of their receivers or their right. running backs are scoring, that's a huge advantage, especially if you can nail one of your mid-round picks at either of those positions. And that's why kicker and defense, I can understand someone wanting, if they're when you have a year where there's a clear-cut number one defense or a clear-cut number one kicker, because if they're going to get you consistent points that you can depend on each week, that's an advantage that nobody else in the league is going to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe some guys to target in your trades, uh, trade offers potentially here are some of those upper tier tight ends because, like you said, having that ninth guy that's scoring uh, 15 points a game, right, is is way better than the other guys who are whose ninth guy that tight end is scoring five or six. <laughs> so yep. uh, something to help you guys out uh, for sure. Uh, and then my last stat, it's a Steelers-related stat, and it's very sad stat andrew three kickers six defense special teams units and five of those moribund tight ends have more ppr points than Najee harris in 2022 oh man for those of us like myself i think you as well that felt he could potentially push for rb1 overall numbers this year this is a most massive disappointment. He is currently running back 26 in PPR leagues. And uh, I didn't have, didn't look up some of the names necessarily above him right now, but you'd be surprised at a few of those names as well. So man, you just never know for sure, but uh, you hope for better. Hopefully Najee Harris has an inspired second half of the season. Hard to believe that this offense can really get anything going though all right that's going to take us to the break when we come back we're going to talk about our top five uh, players by position for the rest of the fantasy football season i'll be doing the quarterbacks and wide receivers and andrew will be doing the running backs and the tight ends and then we will answer aiden blaine faithful listener aiden blaine thank you aiden for checking out the show every week um, we will be answering your fantasy football question at the end of the show don't go anywhere we will be right back on the steelers fix Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix Fantasy Football Edition. Your fan fixing your fantasy squads for the stretch run. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Man alive, I am just struggling with the weather changes here in the mountains and it's getting to my throat, but hopefully we'll make it through here, Andrew. Um, we're going to talk our top five players for fantasy football by position for the remainder of the season. And uh, I think we should start uh, at running back where we've seen a resurgence in running games in 2022. Um, I think I saw a stat on Twitter. Can't remember who put it out, um, but something along the lines of 58 uh, individual 100 yard rushing performances in 2022, as opposed to uh, uh, like 38 of the same in 2021. And uh, the passing numbers have also flip flopped um, fewer 300 yard passing games this year than there were last year by a good bit. Yeah. So teams have changed strategy. Passing games are down. Running games are up. We're seeing some running backs making an impact, especially some some guys that we found in the middle round, some young players really uh, pushing along. So let's talk running backs. Uh, who who are your top five running backs uh, for the rest of the season? You can just go through your list and explain uh, how you got it. Well, number five, I've got Kenneth Walker. Uh, probably not that many people would have expected that. Uh, but he has been phenomenal the past couple weeks for Seattle. Huge. They are continuing to be a competitive football team, which I would just I did not expect. Me neither. Um, the his game he still has games against the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Jets. Um, as the season progresses, none of which are outstanding against the run. I think his schedule matches up pretty favorably. Mm. Um, as the, the way the Seattle Seahawks want to play football, and that's running the football. Um, Travis Etienne. Uh, kind of the same story. He's had double-digit non-PPR points five weeks in a row. He's had 22 or more the last two games. And the biggest thing is that James Robinson is gone. He is the guy now yes. in that backfield. He's got a chance to be the workhorse and just dominate in fantasy football the rest of the year. He uh, he could legitimately be the number one running back the rest of the year, and I don't yeah. think very many people would be surprised just because right. of the volume he's now going to see with James Robinson out of the picture. And, and he saw his game against the Lions, the Titans, and then his Week 17 matchup championship week is against the Texans. Yeah, and so if I it, can interject there, I'm, in PPR leagues, he's getting a ton of passing usage as well. Yeah, uh, yep. and So making full use of that skill set, he is – absolutely uh, a firecracker for the rest of the year league winner a potentially absolutely so his schedule is outstanding the rest of the way he plays detroit he still has to play houston he has two games against the commanders yeah the vikings and then week 17 against indianapolis i Ooh. mean it looks really good for saquon barkley moving forward i'm glad that i have him in a couple leagues yes um so i'm excited to see what he's going to do to finish out the season derrick henry at number two I'm not sure what it's going to be like uh, once Ryan Tannehill gets back. Um, but with Malik Willis's running threat, um, mm. it opened things up for Derrick Henry to feast because there were two people in the backfield that teams had to worry about yep. running the football. And they could not commit as much to Derrick Henry going in between the tackles when you have Malik Willis who could run outside the tackles. Um, so he may come down to earth a little bit, but the last couple of weeks have been fantastic for Derrick Henry. Um, expect that to continue at least at a fairly high level. 
Um, and then number one is Christian McCaffrey, just seeing oh, yeah. how he is involved in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yeah. It, it may, it, it fits absolutely perfectly. Uh, if he can just stay healthy, if he stays healthy, I think he will be the number one running back the remainder of the season. Still has games against Washington, the Raiders, and the Seahawks. Those are his final three games yeah. of the year. So if, once you're looking towards the playoffs, man, yeah. if you're going against a team who's got Christian McCaffrey, you're in trouble. Christian McCaffrey in a Kyle Shanahan offense. He was meant to be in Kyle Shanahan. Fantasy football players fever dream. If if he had been there to start the season, uh, he would have been my number one overall pick. Easily number one overall pick despite the health concerns. And if he stays healthy, I totally agree with you. He will be RB1 the rest of the way. Um, you know, And he won't even need to throw for touchdown passes to, to do that, right. uh, as we yeah. saw him do this last go-around. All right, um, I'm going to jump in at the quarterback position, which has been fairly intriguing this year because you've got some guys that have kind of come out of, uh, out of nowhere to be relevant at quarterback. Um so I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to go Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, just his the the number of weapons that he has um, in this offense. He's just going to stay steady and, and be a guy that you can count on every week to get you 18 to 18 plus points. You know, uh, as a passer, and uh, I would say you're going to see an average of about 20 to 24 points a game for Joe Burrow throughout the remainder of the year. I really like what he, what it looks like for, for him moving forward. Most of their tough games are out of the way as well. They've got one more against uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Shouldn't list that under a tough game as we sit right here, but TJ Watt will be back. We've seen what that can do to Joe Burrow um, in uh, as we saw in week one. So I think that he has though has a shot to be a, uh, really good the rest of the way. Justin Fields cracks my top five here at number four, and it's all about the rushing ability. 178 yards rushing this last week um, against the Miami Dolphins. <clears throat> Most ever by a quarterback in league history in a single game. That's more than Michael Vick has had in the game. That's more than Lamar Jackson's had in the game. That's more than uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, Cordell Stewart, if you want to go back to the slash days in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> just uh, absolutely killing it on the ground and it's setting up the pass. And he, he's one of the better throwers on the run. I think I've seen this year. That's really his strength. And the offense is figuring out how to play to that. If the Chicago bears had any sort of defense, the remainder of the year um, in that, in the weird NFC, they could make a, a weird funny playoff push. And it all be because of Justin Fields and his ability to make plays but for fantasy football, he has been the number one scoring quarterback the last four weeks in a row, all right? Over the last four weeks, he is fantasy's number one uh, quarterback. I like him moving forward. Patrick Mahomes, number three. We know why he's here. Elite passing uh, numbers, elite uh, attempt, and uh, elite weapons around him. Uh, moving on to number two, it's Jalen Hurts. He's the most consistent quarterback in fantasy football um, with the rushing ability. He's he's good for a rushing score almost every week. And then uh, number two, or I'm sorry, number one, Josh Allen. He just throws the ball over the place. He's a threat to run it in from anywhere. Uh, Josh Allen is my number one quarterback moving forward. All right, uh, Andrew, we're going to move on to tight ends for you. And this was probably <coughs> – <coughs> excuse me, a little bit harder than uh, some of the other ones, just with the 
a lack of of good tight ends out there. Who you got in your top five tight ends moving forward? Well, four and five are difficult because you could put in just about any guy there, and it's, yeah. it doesn't do you much good. I've got Mike Gesicki at five and Dallas Goddard at four. Um, just because I think that those are two offenses that are going to be throwing the football, yes. which means more potential opportunities. And that's really all you can take at tight end right now. It's just the potential for volume. You can't even prove that there's going to be, but there's at least that chance. And I think both those offenses are going to be throwing the football <laughs> a lot down the stretch um, as they try to uh, determine their playoff seating. Um, I think uh, TJ Hawkinson is a guy who's yeah. trending in the right directions. He was targeted nine times yesterday and he caught all nine of his targets. Once he starts getting some more red yeah. zone work, watch out. He could be a top two tight end yeah. in fantasy football. And, you know, we've been waiting for Irv Smith to, you know, finally become that guy. Um, Irv Smith is not the biggest tight end in the world. Maybe Kirk Cousins just feels better with a bigger body like Hawkinson, the guy who's um, just a little bit thicker, a little bit more sturdy, a little bit more just dependable, I think, overall as a tight end, whereas Irv Smith, he's just not your prototypical tight end. Hawkinson is. Um, and I think that's what Kirk Cousins does the best with, outside of the exception of maybe Jordan Reed mm-hmm. um, when he was – I think that's kind of why people thought Irv Smith was going to do so well because there were some comparisons, some similarities between Jordan Reed and Irv Smith. Uh, but Mark Andrews, I have at number two. He has games against Carolina, huh. who we've had our own issues at times covering the tight end, yep. and then the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so his mat, his schedule is very favorable the rest of the way. And then Travis Kelsey has to be at number one because yep. we, we don't need, need to explain anything <laughs> else. He's on his own tier. Yeah, absolutely. Travis Kelsey, if I can get back to it real quick, um, I'm just trying to look up where he's at when you compare him to wide receivers as well. And I think he's up there with uh, with some of the top wide receivers in scoring – Let's see here. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup is wide receiver two, and uh, he has scored 198.5 PPR points. Travis Kelsey is tight end one, and he has scored 167 points. So uh, not too far off here. I'm sorry, that, that was the wrong viewpoint. Um, he is equal to the fourth best wide receiver in fantasy football. Travis Kelsey is, uh, which is Justin Jefferson at this point. So yeah, like we talked about earlier, getting your tight end, uh, if it's Kelsey paying a, a high premium pick for him could be worth it after that. Save your picks, uh, for something a little bit better. Um, the, Wide receivers, that's what we're getting to next. This will be our final position group before we answer a couple questions that we got on Twitter. Um, I'll start at the bottom uh, again. Justin Jefferson, he's my number five wide receiver to close out the year. He's just been a little inconsistent, but still uh, one of the better wide receivers in the league. Um, And Kirk Cousins is playing really well, but I also don't trust necessarily Kirk Cousins as much as some of the other quarterbacks on this list to stay um, as good as he has been the the last uh, few weeks. So still like Justin Jefferson, he makes my top five. Number four is A.J. Brown. He's just he's just taking over games for the Eagles on the perimeter. He's bigger and stronger than any corner that lines up against him. So uh, And Hurts has just been uh, on another level from an accuracy standpoint this year. Really took a leap there. His connection with A.J. Brown is next level. I like A.J. Brown. Tyreek Hill is on pace to 
to shatter the uh, season yards record uh, to take that away from Calvin Johnson uh, and surpass 2,000 yards receiving likely for the first time ever for a wide receiver if he stays healthy. Again, I don't trust Tua Tungavailoa to be an elite quarterback the rest of the year necessarily, so that is where uh, he's not a little bit higher, but still number three. Number two, Stefan Diggs, elite quarterback play behind him, elite target and uh, elite production and also a scorer. You don't get that all the time, but he does all four of those things very well. Or he, he's got the big three you want from wide receiver targets, uh, red zone opportunities, and uh, a high catch um, percentage. And then he's got the additional fantastic quarterback play, uh, elite level quarterback play behind him. And then number one, it's Cooper Cup. He's the only thing the Rams have on offense and still nobody can stop him. He had another 120 plus receiving yards this last Sunday uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, despite the, the Rams struggles, he still is unstoppable from a fantasy football perspective. Cooper Cup. Uh, if I had to do it over this year, would have been my first overall pick in a lot of leagues, despite him being a wide receiver. And, uh, you know, just looking back, Jonathan Taylor, no. A lot of people were taking Cooper Cup number two. I would have taken uh, Cooper Cup number one over any of the running backs we've seen. All right, Andrew, any last comments on uh, some of the fantasy players as we move forward, or do we need to get right into questions here? I think let's go to the questions. Let's do it. Let's get to questions. We had two, so hopefully in the future we'll get a little bit uh, more response, but that's all right. We're happy to answer the questions that we have been presented. So um, from Aiden Blaine, again, faithful listener. Aiden, thank you for listening. Uh, He's got a question. He says, hey, another question I'd like to throw at you and Andrew for the next show. Whose fantasy stock rises more? After the Claypool trade, Deontay Johnson or George Pickens, I personally feel like it helps out DJ Moore since Pickens was already starting to see coverage from teams cornerback ones, and they might try to utilize Johnson in the slot more now. Andrew, what do you think? Uh, this That was Aiden Blaine's question. Thank you again, Aiden, for that. Uh, what do you think? Uh, who, who does this work out in favor for more? Yeah, that's a really good question, Aiden. I'm actually going to disagree, though. I'm going to go with George Pickens only because I think of the roles that these receivers play. I think it benefits Pickens more, the fact that Claypool is gone. The only competition that Pickens had for downfield targets was Chase Claypool. And the fact that he's gone now opens up more opportunities in that department. And I think uh, Pickens can fully be utilized as that outside boundary guy who not only can stretch the field, but can also be that contested catch guy on the outside who has the body and has the hands to be able to come down with those contested catches, which the son Chase Claypool didn't always mm-hmm. have was those hands. So I think this benefits Pickens more than anybody because he already, we've you've already seen that he has the best chemistry with, with Kenny yes. Pickett um, and Deontay Johnson. He's just not efficient. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He's right. not an efficient wide receiver. And he's proving that this year. Um, the, if the Steelers could get out of that contract now, I would hope the Steelers would. Um, because he he's he's not efficient and part of that again it could be schematics it could be play calling but he's coordinators and he's at now had multiple different starting mm-hmm. quarterbacks and it hasn't mattered who was in charge at either spot right he has struggled to remain efficient yeah it worked when he had well for fantasy purposes it worked when he had a quarterback who trusted him in the red zone in the in red ben zone Roth- yeah, exactly. yeah, in ben roethlisberger for fantasy purposes that's the only way it worked um, 
but I agree with you. It's got to be Pickens uh, because of the trust factor. Kenny Pickett trusts George Pickens more than he trusts Deontay Johnson right now. They have more chemistry. And uh, Deontay is already still maintaining a pretty high target share. Uh, he still gets nine or ten targets a game, most games. Chase Claypool's targets – or I'm sorry, George Pickens' targets should go up minus Chase Claypool because, um, he, you know, Pickens has been getting six to seven targets a game. I would expect that number to go up to around nine to ten as uh, he and Deontay Johnson become the clear-cut top two receivers on this team. A guy it could – effect fantasy wise that we're not really even talking about here potentially is steven sims who could come and get a little more usage out of the slot and his run after catchability means that he can take any slant any z pattern any chair out to the house anytime so keep an eye on him if you're in a deep league might be time to buy in on some steven sims get him early before he has a breakout game and i just lost in my main fantasy league oh, man. um I'm trying to figure out what happened exactly. Oh, so Chris Olave, oh no, it was Jawan Johnson with that oh. touchdown. He had him in the tight end spot. That put him over the top. So now I am losing. Okay, well, I haven't officially lost. But, losing. but I would need Taysom Hill to do something and his guys <laughs> to do nothing the rest of the way. So All it right. seems very unlikely. I'm losing by eight-tenths of a point. Yeah, as we're sitting here right now. Oh, eight-tenths of a point. Man, that's tough. As we're sitting here right now, four minutes and 13 seconds left in Monday Night Football. And if you're a Steelers fan, not going so well for the Steelers, although maybe a look at our next opponent and uh, hopefully a team that we can take uh, TJ Watt uh, and bring to, bring them to our house and, and get a win there. Uh, let's go on to the other question that we got uh, from the uh, Q&A on Twitter, and it's from uh, Faustino Flores. I hope I'm saying that right. Thank you for your question. How much input? Will Kenny Pickett have on the offense in the second half of the season? He's got two parts to his question. Let's start with that part. How much input will Kenny have on the offense in the second half of the season? Andrew, what do you think? I don't really think it changes. We've heard talks about Steelers offenses changing over the past five or so years, and nothing ever really seems yeah. to change. I and I, I don't see anything happening here. He's still a rookie. He's still learning the offense. And as ready as he is mentally for the game, uh, I he's the. it comes down to schematics. And if the yeah. schematics don't make sense, it's not going to help your rookie quarterback out any and understanding it and being able to run the offense as a whole any better. So I think at the end of the day, um, I don't think anything's going to change. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um you know, I think that maybe some of his preferences as far as like the styles of throws that he he does best, some of those back shoulder things, um, you know, maybe some more rollouts. But honestly, his his input as a rookie is is going to be minimal, despite the um, lack of trust in Matt Canada from fans. Mike Tomlin seems willing to kind of ride him out the rest of the year and see how it goes. <coughs> So I, excuse me, tend to agree with you there. And then uh, uh, Faustino Flores, second question, how much of an impact will the players and coaches meetings, so players with coaches, have on the decisions made on the field moving forward? So I take that question kind of as to mean, you know, the the players presenting their cases for why things aren't going well uh, to the coaches in their meetings and coaches responding to that 
how will that play out on the field? You know, I don't I don't necessarily think that I'm Mike Tomlin in his seven sixteenth or seventeenth year, can't remember which, with the team, really has too much to change from players to coaches meetings. I don't know if that really moves the needle as he would say uh, for the team. So, you know, it's, it's a good question still, you know, how much of what we're hearing from the players gets back to the coaches. Um, But really Mike Tomlin is in control there. He runs his team his way and the players are, um, they're going to have to buy into that at some point uh, for it to work anyway. Um, or the Steelers are going to have to go a different direction at head coach. And that's probably not happening. And I'm not saying it should happen either, but, you know, that's just the way Mike Tomlin in year 16 is going to do things. And so that's just kind of how I see it. Andrew, what do you think about players, coaches meetings, having an impact on the game moving forward for the Steelers? Yeah, I don't see it changing a whole lot. I mean, this is untreaded water for Mike Tomlin. He's never been in this situation as the Steelers head coach. Um, So, I don't I don't really think anything with a player's coaches meeting is going to change anything because just like many of the Steelers players are going through this for the first time, so is he. So they're just going to have to see what happens. They're going to have to be willing to get away from their typical conservative philosophy if they want to turn around the season. But I think if you if unless something drastic changes right after the bye this Sunday against New Orleans, I, I think it comes to the point where Steelers fans are going to be split. You're going to have the fans that want to see the team continue to fight and win. You're going to have the other ones who are like, it's more important for the rebuild that we get a high draft pick and that we might as well just lose out. You know, you don't necessarily root to lose, but you're not going to lose sleep if they do. You know, Which which camp do you fall in, Andrew Wilbar? (laughs) See, I do not necessarily root for us to lose, but I root for player growth and if that growth comes from mistakes happening i'm not going (laughs) to complain you know if kenny pickett goes out and throws six interceptions in the game i'm not going to be mad if he learns something from that Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day uh, winning that game is not going to necessarily do as much for the overall because again you're cheering for your team overall to win and ultimately win a championship if you're ultimately rooting for your team you want what's best for the big picture and best for the big picture may be that higher draft pick. So you're not necessarily rooting for your team to lose. You just don't necessarily want, if you're choosing a spot where they're going to win, if you can only choose one, you'd rather them win when it's going to matter. Right. So why not put yourself in that position in a better position in the future? At the end of the day, you didn't, you never try to lose. You never go out sure. there trying to lose. You don't do yeah. that. You don't build that culture for your team. But if you you go out, you create a learning experience, you try different things, you experiment with different things, and if it doesn't work, you're picking at the top of the draft and makes it easy for you to make a comeback. If it doesn't work, you spend a dollar on a toaster on eBay, right? That's all it is. And (laughs) maybe you you found a silver dollar down inside or something like that and got your money back. Who knows? Um, You know, my thoughts on that, I I wrote an article predicting the rest of the regular season, and I predicted that the Steelers will go – eight and nine. And now you may look at that and say, Jeremy, you are such an optimist. It's ridiculous. This team is not going anywhere. Is it an optimistic viewpoint or is it the most pessimistic viewpoint of any pessimistic viewpoint about the Steelers this year? Cause at eight and nine, you're probably not making the playoffs, right? Especially with the conference record that the Steelers now own. Um, 
even winning some division games. The Ravens and the and the um uh the Bengals should have the division well out of reach of nine losses uh being in play for the division. So the Steelers don't win the division, they don't make the playoffs this year. The growth is what you get, but you lose out on the high draft pick. So eight and nine really is the more pessimistic viewpoint yeah. uh, of it all. So <coughs> excuse me, man, I am so sorry about this. Uh, you would rather the Steelers go like um, on a real tear here and go 10 and seven and uh, make the playoffs and have something to build on from that perspective. Uh, but if they're not going to do that, then why not go four and, and 13 and get yourself the uh, second overall pick and get a franchise altering playmaker at the, at a position of need. So Mike Tomlin said a few years ago to chase young in the Washington game that ended the Steelers 11 and O streak in 2020 said, I hope I never pick high enough to get a guy like you. Maybe this is the year we'll see not necessarily rooting for it, but if that's going to happen, if the Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs, they're not going to do anything this year. Let's get the high draft pick that changes the, the face of the franchise moving forward. That would be the most Mike Tomlin thing for the Steelers to still go find a way to go, yeah. you know, eight and nine in the season where they shouldn't be going eight right. and nine. Uh, I would honestly rather see Tomlin. I would, I would want, I would have more desire to see Tomlin fired if the Steelers went Ooh. eight and nine <laughs> than if we went two and 15. <laughs> see, I'm not going that far, but still, I think, you know, it, it would be, it would be. Uh, hundred percent Mike Tomlin uh, for this team to go eight and nine and, and, you know, be competitive. What I don't want to happen. Here's, here's the real thing that I don't want to happen. I don't want to go eight and nine because TJ Watts back, you know, we want TJ Watts to be healthy. I want to be, to go eight and nine. If we go eight and nine, because the offense starts scoring points because you start to see Kenny Pickett yep. click. You start to see this offense figure some things out. These playmakers start making plays. The secondary gelling, the secondary gelling. Yes. But not because, TJ Watt comes in and wrecks the game. You want to see that, but if that's the only reason they start winning some of these games, they still have issues that are they're not going to be a championship team until they get those issues fixed. So you need to see some of those issues fixed. <coughs> All right. That was the last cough here because we're going to let you guys go. Thank you for enduring with me as I'm under the weather here. Andrew, you were great as always. Tell the uh, listeners where they can find you, what you got coming up, and then we will say adios. I mean, yeah, Andrew underscore Wilbar. We've got more draft content coming out this week. Um, probably going to – my imagination is that will probably run Thursday and then the other one that runs on Saturday, which is my guess as of right now. Um, but uh, going to be working on the typical stock report. Mm. Um, there's a lot that changed this week uh, just with the big games, big implications – in the SEC specifically, yes, and then going to be looking forward to another big week of college football as we start heading down the stretch here in November. Getting close to rivalry weekend, which is always mm. the best. And uh, you can follow me at the bets ninety three on Twitter. T H E B E T Z nine three. Power rankings will come out. We're going to do a little power rankings with a twist this week, um, and then we're also you'll also see uh, something else from me later in the week as well uh, in regards to the game or to the Steelers organization as a whole. Don't forget to follow along with all of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's podcasts and uh, online content. And we will see you next time on The Steelers Fix. For Andrew Wilbar, I'm Jeremy Betts. Have a great night, afternoon. Have a great day.
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.